0: today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. If you went to an in-person polling place during yesterday's primary elections, you probably noticed that your voter number was a lot smaller than usual. I know mine was. And that's because thousands of Michigan voters decided to cast absentee ballots to stay safe during the global pandemic. It is the biggest experiment yet with conducting an election in the age of COVID-19. And it's a critical dress rehearsal for the November election, when we will do this all again on a much, much larger scale. Here to talk about how it has gone so far and what comes next is Michigan's top elections official, Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. Jocelyn, welcome back to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks. Good morning.
0: Yes, good to hear from you. So let's start with uh, where we are. This election has been both challenging and a little bit controversial. How do you think it has gone so far?
1: Well, I think by all the metrics we're looking at, it was a success. There was no crowding or uh, lines at polling places, creating a health risk. We had precincts uh, open for the most part on time, fully staffed with poll workers across the state. But in person, they had... PPE, gloves, masks, all the like. So in-person voting was safe and available across the state. And then we saw record numbers of people voting by mail. By and large, uh, that, that process went smoothly as well. Uh, and uh, we're still looking at the data uh, to see, again, how long it takes to process all those absentee and tabulate all those absentee ballots. Uh, and uh, if we have any challenges in making sure otherwise valid ballots should be counted. So we're still looking to to continue to improve upon anything for November. But um, with turnout high and uh, everyone who voted, everyone who wanted to vote was able to vote yesterday in their own way or their own uh, process uh, and do so successfully. So in in my view, that's the mark of a, a successful election.
0: So two days ago, the day before the election, I remember seeing reports that there were a large number of absentee ballots that had been requested and had not yet been returned. And according to the law, you have to have it in, in, in return. I mean, it's got to be returned mm-hmm. by Election Day. I wonder if you can update us on those numbers. Did you see a surge of these last-minute returns?
1: We did, and, and and remember, as long as the ballot is at a drop box by eight p.m. or returned to the clerk by eight p.m., it is valid and it will count. Uh, and so we course corrected, or you know, provided we, uh, other avenues for people who didn't want to mail their ballot back because of post office challenges. And and hopefully we're able to get most of those ballots back. But that's part of the data we're going to be looking at now, after the fact, how many ballots were postmarked by election day and didn't uh didn't arrive at the clerk's office until after election day in some states those ballots would still count because they were sent in prior to the election uh, but here in michigan as you noted they have to be ballots have to be received by 8 p.m on election day uh and if there's a large number uh and if it's a sizable amount i it, it i think underscores the need to potentially update our laws so that we are in line with other states that allow postmarked by election day but received it a few days after to still count
0: yeah there, there are a couple things that you've said you'd like the legislature to address that's that's one of them talk about what the other changes you think need to happen to make this all go a little more smoothly
1: yeah, that, that's the biggest one for me because we want to make sure come November every valid vote is counted, and then secondly, we want to make sure that our clerks have enough space and time to efficiently and securely count all those ballots sent through the mail. And what we lived through yesterday was, uh, you know, really uh, extraordinary to see the hard work of our clerks around the state, but also you see just how stressful it is. To have you know hundreds of thousands of ballots being sent through the mail, and they just sit there until election day morning. You can't open them, you can't prepare them for tabulation, you can't plan ahead. And I'm a I'm a planner. I like to to plan things out and get ready to go so we can move efficiently when it's go time. And the fact that the law doesn't allow our clerks the choice to do that uh, is really inefficient, and it's one of the reasons why we're seeing delayed results now. It's also really stressful, because it means you have to, at 7 a.m., go and, and start preparing all these ballots sent through the mail to be tabulated, hmm. while you're also dealing with precincts opening and other ballots coming in and voters showing up in person in your office to register to vote. So the easy fix, I hope our legislature makes the change in time for November. And if we see those two changes, the postmark law and, this, and, and it more processing, Time we will be addressing uh, some of the most significant concerns I saw yesterday, and more experienced yesterday, and, and be in the best position possible for a successful November election.
0: So, give us an idea of how long you think it's going to take to count all these absentee ballots. There's a lot of people who seem pretty anxious about that, and I gotta say, I'm not. I'm not sure what I what I what I know the anxiety is about. I mean, we are accustomed, I guess, to to getting results on the day of the election or the night of the election, and now it's a day or or, or so later. But but give us an idea of when you will be able to tell voters, all right, we're done, here are the results.
1: Well, we've been checking in. There are still a handful of our our most populous counties are still outstanding. Wayne County, Oakland County, Genesee County. Uh, But by and large, uh, the, the vast number of counties have completed their count and submitted their results. So it's the close elections right now that still have yet to be resolved. And, we anticipate later today they will be resolved, but again you know we, we won't know until it's all said and done but that's the that's what the data shows we're on track it's just as we predicted to have basically an extra day uh, to to process those ballots and again, it underscores well gosh, what if we had an extra day to start earlier processing uh, those ballots you know how much how much e- Earlier, would we have been able to get results in uh, this time around? So, uh, but that said, uh, we expect later today. And uh, and the other priority for us is, of course, not just the security of the ballots, but the accuracy of the results. We want to avoid a, a scenario where one number is getting reported and the number changes for whatever reason uh, or numbers are inaccurately reported. So we're prioritizing accuracy, and that's another reason why things are going slowly, because we don't want to report anything prematurely uh, that may have to be updated later when more results are tabulated.
0: Yeah. I'm talking with Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson about yesterday's elections, a grand experiment of sorts with the number of absentee and mail-in votes that uh, were taking place because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We're talking about When we'll learn what the results of yesterday's voting was and what we're learning about this way of voting, given that uh, it's going to be with us in November when the general election happens. We'd love to hear from you as well. Let us know how you voted in yesterday's election. Did you go to your polling place in person or did you take advantage of Michigan's option to vote absentee for any reason at all? How did that process go? And are you happy with the way these elections are taking place in the age of COVID-19? Also, do you think maybe absentee voting should become more widely used even after the pandemic is over? Uh, especially, I love to hear from folks about their their voting experience on Election Day, and I would really love to hear from folks about yesterday because it was all so different. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313 313- Five seven seven one zero one nine. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Justin, before we get to, to listeners, uh, uh, so uh, my polling place, which I believe is also your polling place, uh, I, I went in person yesterday and uh, there were more precincts in that polling place than there had been before, which caught me a little by surprise. But I also learned that a lot of voters were taken off guard by that and didn't know until the day before that their polling place uh, had changed. What happened there and why did voters not know about those changes until the last minute?
1: Well, that's one of the things we're still looking into. that the city clerk, the local clerk set polling place locations and do the ultimate hiring and placement of precinct officials. So in the days ahead, we want to understand uh, exactly uh, what happened with more precincts showing up in areas. But we know already that uh, a number, I think uh, up to 30 churches or other places that were traditionally housing precincts were unavailable due to the pandemic and that the unavailability was communicated quite late in the game. Uh, and so, you know, that's another thing we want to, uh, course, correct for November and make sure if there are any changes around the state, that we have clear guidelines at the state level as how voters must be notified Mm -hmm. of those changes, uh, and also that we're notified as well at the state level of those changes so that we can be a partner in preparing and communicating that out uh, because we also want to avoid the other scenario where um, people are are uh, where you know bad actors are sending false information about precinct locations and, and causing people to show up at the wrong place. So mm-hmm. all of that can be addressed by better coordination between the state and local, uh, and that's what we're going to be uh, looking at and focusing on. One of the one of the things we want to improve upon for November.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's get to the phones here. A lot of folks want to talk about Election Day. Let's go to Jim in Bagley, Jim. Welcome to the show.
2: Hi, good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, I think I liked it. Uh, there was some <laughs> confusion because uh, I really felt that there was going to be absolutely no live voting. But just as recently as this week, I had to call and find out um, because my precinct, which was the school, right, which is right across the street from me, which is Bates, mm-hmm. I, they did not want to reopen for the obvious. They sent me to Pasteur. Right. I called the clerk's office said, sure, you can still come in. Early morning, uh, results was about as good as it always is. Uh, I was really glad to see the amount of people out. Um, I kind of would like to see it done this way, because if there was a tremendous amount of ballots received, I think one law that should be, and it probably is in existence, as long as it's dated by 12 AM, I guess, of early <laughs> the, day, morning, right? the day, then all ballots received should be counted because apparently we have quite an overflow, and this isn't even November yet. Yeah. So I think this is good. I might even volunteer myself to be a part of the counting process for November. <laughs> but uh, I think this is a pretty good system, and apparently I think uh, it got a lot of people involved because it was just a very matter, simple matter of taking it in, dropping it off, or sending it in, and or all of the consequences within our right. community now may have influenced it as well. Right. So uh, we'll see what the total results are.
0: Yeah. Uh, Jim, I appreciate the call and, and your sharing your experience. And, and, and again, Jocelyn, just to make clear for everyone, if you got your ballot in by the deadline yesterday, it counts. It's it's the postmark question that, that is still Sort of out there, right? Correct. Yeah,
1: yeah what, what we're worried about is um, one, you know, the, the student out of state or the overseas voter uh, who uh, mails their ballot in because they can't drop it off in person or at a drop box and, ha- and that ballot gets delayed. Uh, we, we know there are a number of, of folks in that category. And again, that's an easy fix by simply saying if it's postmarked by and received by a certain date. After election day, uh, it it will uh, it will count. Um, in addition to that, that that also underscores uh, the the need for our voters more than ever. I mean, a, to be fully educated about all of their options and how to um, navigate through a lot of potential variables, particularly with the post office that may continue to emerge in the month ahead. What I mean by that is, I always say democracy is a team sport, but operating an election successfully in a pandemic also requires voters to be prepared uh to course correct if for example their ballot doesn't arrive on time hmm. then you go you need to know what to do which is you go to your clerk's office and you request it in person there as long as you're there by the Monday before election day you can still get it if you get your ballot but don't return it um or if it's the week before election day and you haven't returned it or mailed it back yet go to a drop box or go to your clerk and drop it off there all of these things you know we put in place to give voters options to um to contingency plan themselves if things don't go according to their plan um, Uh, And the more voters are able to be aware of all those options, the more successful our elections will be this November.
0: Hmm. Uh, Again, Jim, thanks very much for the call and sharing your experience. Let's go to Mary in Detroit. Mary, welcome to the show. Good morning. Yeah.
3: Uh, So um, I thought it was a great process this time. It was the first time I didn't have to rush home from, you know, from work to try to get in line and stand for hours to vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only negative comment would be that I didn't get my ballot until like Saturday. Uh, and, you know, it took a while to get it, but I was able to drop it off and vote in a timely manner. And I thought the process could be streamlined. But other than that, it was a great experience for
0: me. So so when did you request your ballot?
3: I requested the ballot back in May.
0: Okay. Yeah, I
3: received I received a, a, a letter from the elections commission in May about you know applying for the absentee ballot. So I immediately filled it out, sent it in, and uh, but I just got it on Saturday, hmm. and I know that had nothing to do with the elections, probably more with the post office, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but I thought the the process was was great and was it, it could be like I said streamlined a little bit, but. Yeah. It made it so much easier for me to vote.
0: Yeah, uh, Mary, appreciate the call. This this question of the post office and how it functions right now is one of the wild cards, I guess, with with what yeah. we saw yesterday and what we'll see in November, when, of course, voting will be will be heavier than than it was yesterday.
1: Yeah, and, and Mary, I'm so glad you had a good experience. That your 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 experience really underscores what i was saying previously which is that we all have to be prepared for a lot of these variables and unknowns uh and uh and and course correct ourselves if possible and so uh, you know knowing your other options to return your ballot if you didn't get it until saturday enabled your vote to count and uh, us putting drop boxes in enabled and, and and having clerks on hand to receive ballots in person up till election day uh enabled uh people to avoid having to use the postal service if it uh, failed to come through for them. We we have updated and uh, one uh, well I'll say two things. One, we updated our envelopes uh, in most jurisdictions. Uh, Detroit uh, is is a little bit different, but most jurisdictions have new envelopes that move more swiftly and are more easily identifiable through the postal service. So we've been one of the things we've done is we've been in near constant communication with the local leadership in the postal service to make sure at the end of every day they check and have moved all ballots uh, or ballot envelopes through the system. Mm. So we've continually been assured of that. But the other challenge is um, the clerks are getting more requests than ever before. And they have a process to check the signature on the application and prepare the ballot before it's sent out. And so that process took a long time this year as well. And will, will similarly possibly take a long time leading up to November. So requesting your ballot early is key. Uh, and we'll also continue to centrally track uh, to make sure ballots continue to get sent out by the clerks as efficiently as possible. Uh, and, uh, you know, the bottom line for me is we're all in this together. I want yeah. everyone to vote uh, and I want them to enjoy the process. And so that means looking at lots of different contingency plans and all of us being prepared for the unknowns, uh so that we can uh, take advantage of all the different ways to Receive and return ballots this year and make sure your Um, votes are
0: counted. Yeah. Mary, again, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Barbara in Northville. Barbara, welcome to the show.
4: Good morning, uh, Stephen. Uh, Thank you, uh, Secretary of State uh, Benson. Um, I voted yesterday uh, in person at my polling location. Um, My parents, however, voted absentee, but they weren't able to drop their uh, ballots in the mail on time to make sure that Mm. their uh, vote vote counted. So after that entire experience for me voting for myself, assisting my parents, checking the website because of the different locations and all of the changes uh, due to COVID, um, I was... I did a lot of self-reflection after I did that. I had to go to another location just to drop my parents off, uh, my parents' ballots um, off. I had to go to a different location to vote in
3: person.
0: person,
4: Yeah, so I was thinking, I was self-reflecting after that experience, and I was really thinking like, okay, with all the stuff due to the circumstances that we're in now, would it be more of a deterrent because of so many more steps to do uh, for people just to actually get out and vote. But I had a pleasant experience once I figured out my polling location with the consolidation of uh, precincts. It was a good experience um, for me to vote in person um, as well. But when we're talking about assisting others who are disabled or not able to get out and all of the steps and relying on other people to help walk them through the steps, would that be a
1: deterrent?
0: Right. um, Great question. Great question, Barbara. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jocelyn, go ahead and uh, address what she's bringing up there.
1: Yeah, that's really helpful feedback. And I think one of the things I'll say is uh, in in the city of Detroit yesterday, for example, we had two drop boxes as well as the clerk's office available to receive ballots by 8 p.m., we're going to significantly increase, I think, to quadruple that number of drop boxes just in the city of Detroit in place for November. Our goal is to, in concert with the clerk, have at least one drop box in every city council district, uh, and uh, and potentially even more, uh, particularly if the federal government sends more funding to the state, we'll be able to put more in place. Uh, so that will help. We'll also have more places open, including the Pistons training facility for people who want to vote in person early uh, and have that option. So we're to continue to, to basically create more options for people to vote uh, and, and as I was saying before um, get in alignment with our clerks so that when there are last minute changes to polling place locations or consolidation uh, we are Informed of that, and we can partner in ensuring all voters are fully informed. Uh, and because uh, again, we want to, um, we we understand that that creates a lot of anxiety and, and stress in and of itself on election day, and uh, that's unnecessary and can be can be ad- addressed ahead of time. So all of that is helpful feedback as we prepare in these last ninety days leading up to November third. And uh, but and, and thank you for voting and and uh, for everything you did to go above and beyond to make sure your parents' votes were counted and their voices were heard as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so before I let you go, Jocelyn, I want you to talk just a little about what you might be anticipating about November, based on what we've learned yesterday. Some changes, some sort of adaptations, perhaps that that you think we need to indulge, other than those legislative changes which you mentioned earlier.
1: Yeah, the two legislative changes are big, and the other two things we're 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 aware of um, and and concerned about or watching. Are one personnel uh, we're going to continue to need more people to be on hand to staff polling locations to provide information on election day to voters to greet voters when they show up so people who are who are willing to go the extra mile and serve as a paid election worker on election day will um, significantly help us move the process um, quickly and smoothly in November. That's one of the reasons we had success yesterday. So you can go to michigan.gov slash democracy MVP to sign up and go in through the process of being placed for November. The second thing, and this is um, this is one of the things that keeps me up at night, is that we've already seen um, you know several um, voices from the White House to others with platforms start to sow seeds of doubt among the electorate about the sanctity of of our elections process, the challenge and question the accuracy uh, or security of voting by mail Mm -hmm. uh, in a way that's very confusing and at a time of great uncertainty really just creates more chaos and confusion for all of us who are trying to provide clarity and consistency with the process. So uh, it's another reason why voters need to be extra vigilant this year on all sides, from all backgrounds and all perspectives, to get trusted sources of information about how to vote and ensure your votes are are counted. Uh, We'll be working uh, around the clock to put out to be transparent and ensure voters have all the information they need to know about what we're doing to protect the process. Uh, You can go to michigan.gov slash election security if you have questions or want to submit questions about security. Um, But the the escalation of misinformation about our elections and that democracy is um, a a deep concern for all of us who are running elections this year. And it's something that voters can help push back against by spreading trusted information around and and calling out uh, falsehoods when they arise on social media or elsewhere.
0: Okay, Jocelyn Benson, secretary of state here in Michigan. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming by.
1: Thanks, Stephen. Have a good day. Yes,
0: we'll talk soon. All right, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a conversation about the importance of emotional well-being right now. During all of the things that are happening that are disrupting our lives how much do we talk about our feelings how much do we acknowledge the way that our feelings are affecting the way we deal with all of those things dr mark brackett is going to join us next to talk about the importance of our emotions right now stay with us on detroit today